Hi everyone, it's David Wheeler at Wick and Wanderers, and you're listening to the Wick and Wanderers Show. Welcome to the latest edition of the Wick and Wanderer Show. This week we'll look back at two draws, both at Adams Park. Uh, we'll feature the games against Morecambe and, of course, Port Vale on Tuesday. We've got a double match debrief with Phil on the way. We'll hear the thoughts of Keith Ryan as well, who was on co-commentary duty on Tuesday night as well. We'll look ahead to the visit of Walsall, uh, that also at Adams Park on Saturday in the first round proper of the FA Cup. We'll get the thoughts of JDT as well, the uh, vice chair of the Wick and Wanderers Ex-Players Association, on uh, various memorable uh, cup ties involving ex-players as well. We'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth too, uh, also looking ahead to that game, plus uh, we'll catch up with Emma Nibri from Wickham Wanderers Women to find out how they're getting on at the moment at their new home. Uh, they've been in FA Cup action recently themselves and are uh, doing uh, well. Well, they're at the bottom of the table, to be honest. Uh, but uh, Emma was the uh, player of the match in her in the, uh, the last game against Abingdon uh, last weekend. So it'd be great to, uh, to catch up with her as well. Uh, but first, uh, on your uh, regular edition of uh, Wanderers News, we'll uh, bring you the latest from Phil. Uh, we've got a double match debrief, as I say, starting with the draw against Morecambe, which was a family day, you might remember, and uh, brilliant to uh, see so many people at Adams Park, uh, perhaps in some cases, seeing the game for the first time. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, really lovely to see over 1,300 people that maybe perhaps wouldn't have been there normally, uh, enjoying all the festivities before the game in the car park, great atmosphere and really great to hear them during the game as well, getting behind the team and waving flags and and doing all sorts as well. Hopefully they had a really great day and we see some of them again, or in fact all of them again. It'd be lovely to see everyone back down at Adams Park. Um, But yeah, it was uh, wonderful to see the, the town coming together. It's something really nice, isn't it? We spoke to um, Joan, who was a supporter who'd been along. Last time she'd seen Wickham was at Lokes Park and, and sort of obviously, I guess, heard about what's going on at the moment with the, with the, with the team and, and how well they've been doing over late and really great to... And she was saying as well, you know, you can't beat just sort of the, the live atmosphere of, of supporting your local team. Exactly. If you can get to the games, then there's nothing that replaces it. Um, uh, the excitement, you know, you can see everything. There's not a bad seat in Adams Park. Um, but there's also the community side of it as well and, and coming out and getting to speak to people and for maybe you wouldn't necessarily get to see during the week or even would know about. Um, I often wonder what communities would be like if you took their football clubs away from them because, you know, the bars and the clubs around the Adams Park or in Adams Park, like the Caledonian, et cetera, and the, the village, um, you get people from the community from all walks of life, all different kinds of people who all come together under the one banner of, of Wick and Wanderers, um, which is a great way for all sorts of different people to get together and have a chat. Um, and I think in, in, in this day and age, that's really, really important. So I often wonder what society would be like if you removed football clubs out because there's not many other things in town that really replicate that kind of thing. Um, so, I th- you know, football's great and it's a great reason to come but there's all sorts of other reasons to come to Adams Park as well and that's one of them no definitely and onto the game itself you, you really felt that you know that, that should have been a game where, where three points could have been the outcome yes looking at, at the start you know Morecambe bottom of the table um, struggling and and yeah you look at it and think well that should be three points and and a lot of fans would say if Wickham have got any serious aspirations of of getting into the top six and getting back up into the championship, then these are the sorts of games you've got to win. Uh, so a frustrating day with the result because 1-1 against the team, you know, like we just said, they were coming into it really fighting. But they're the tricky team sometimes, Colin. And I thought Morecambe were full value for their point as well because they hit the post a couple of times. Uh, as well and they had a penalty shout turned down yes Wickham had their issues with the referee as well with a disallowed goal from Sam Vokes in the first half 
and the one late on too with Brandon Hanlon. Um, but yeah, when he boiled it all down, I thought maybe the point was a fair result across the 90, um, which was tough to take because Wickham at home with a big crowd behind them as well should have really won that game. And obviously the, the officials don't have the, the benefit of VAR or, or the ability to, to go over it over and over again. But you know, many fans on, after that game on, on Saturday were saying, you know, what, what on earth was wrong with, with Sam's goal? Yeah, it was mystifying. Um, you know, second time in a week, really. It happened against Cambridge as well. And the disappointing thing from my point of view was that um, no one appealed in the Morecambe defence. Even the defender that Sam Vokes was alleged to have fouled, he just looked really gutted that he let the goal in. He didn't feel there was any sort of foul play involved in the build-up. Um, and look, you know, we all watched match today in the Premier League and, and we've seen what VAR has done to the game. Personally, I'm not a fan of it and I think you can either have one or the other. So I don't like VAR. So the flip side of that is you have to accept the inconsistencies sometimes and the vagaries of some refereeing decisions. They're human beings. They see it at game speed. They don't get the benefit of the replay. The assistant on the far side offered no in, insight in, and, and didn't flag for an incident. Um, the referees called it as he's seen it. You know, they go onto the pitch to get these decisions right. You know, they make thousands of decisions per game. Um, so, yeah, it's not an easy job, but it means it is frustrating and it is something that we as fans will talk about afterwards and pick apart when we do see the replays. So, so yeah, you know, we can only... I suppose the only thing we can do is, is lobby the referees to make sure that they're, they're as professional as they can be, they're as fit as they can be, they're in the right positions. And, and again, his positional sense for the decision was pretty good. Um, it's just one of those you have to chalk up and think, well, is it the old cliche, evens itself out over the season? You know, I mentioned the penalty that Morecambe didn't get. You know, that I've seen the still photographs of JJ's arm raised up with the ball hitting it. And, you know, if that was a VAR decision, that's a penalty. So um, maybe it evened itself out in the game. Who knows? Karma. Yeah. You know, and I think a few days on, people get heads up, don't they, afterwards and they get, you know, frustrated and excited. And that's why football's important and it's important that fans can do that. But a few days on, you look back and reflect on it and think, well, maybe that's that's balanced itself out. We'll see. Maybe we'll get an outrageous decision in our favour this Saturday. Who knows? <laughs> could well happen. It would add to the romance of the cup, wouldn't it? Or, or, or magic <laughs> exactly. of the cup. Both could happen simultaneously. I don't know what happens if magic and romance happens at once, but it would be quite special. Well worth going to, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> although, to a care when Walthall are about, seems, seems unlikely. Anyway, um, we'll move on to that. Um, but another source of frustration for fans seems to be you know the defensive errors that have, that have crept in recently and, and of that happened again on Tuesday? Yeah, Port Vale 2-2 and two goals, um, really def- defendable goals from a Wickham point of view. They've come from set pieces, which will really disappoint Gareth Ainsworth. And it's funny because, you know, you look at the hallmark and the characteristics of a, of a Gareth Ainsworth Wickham Wanderers side down the years and it's, you know, being really good at set pieces, both defensively and offensively. Um, we had 13-odd corners, I think, on Tuesday and didn't score. Um, and we let two goals in from set pieces, which hugely disappointing, um, but especially when he couple into the, the third goal that Cambridge scored against Wickham, which was from a corner as well. Um, and it's weird, isn't it? It's cyclical. We see teams up and down the divisions go through stages of like, oh, they can't defend set pieces, they can't do this. Um, and then all of a sudden they tighten up again. Wickham are in a real rut at the moment in terms of uh, of conceding soft goals. And it makes it really difficult. You know, it doesn't take a genius to work out if you let in twos and threes and at home um, uh, in during games, it makes it difficult to win those games. And, and this has been proven in this little run that Wickham have had recently. Um, you know, I think it's things that they can sort out. 
Um, it's been tough, I think, in terms of the nature of the defence in, in there's been changes. There was a change during the game on Tuesday with Chris Serino coming off injured. Um, but I thought Jack Grimmer defended really well, especially in open play um, against Ellis Harrison. But yeah, there's, you know, I'm sure that the coaches are working really hard on this because if they can eradicate those out of the game, then Wickham are scoring some excellent goals from open play, something that they didn't used to do um, uh, uh, in recent times and was and relying on set pieces. So if they can tighten up at that end and keep going at the other, then things will be looking good, especially when the injured players return. Anis' goal was quite special, wasn't it? And also uh, really nice to get Lewis Wing on the score sheet as well. Yeah, Lewis Wing, you know, second goal in seven days, both from outside the area. And, you know, we've, we've known that he's got that ability and it's really nice to see that come to the fore. And Anis Vermetti, well, you know, running out of words to describe him really because what a goal that was. I mean, just pure power from outside the area. But the run to get in there was, was magical as well. And, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's a joy to watch week in, week out. But as sublime as that is, you know, the frustration comes from the other end. And, and that's what Gareth Ainsworth was saying to me after the game on Tuesday. We've got to defend set pieces better. There's four set pieces now in three games against. Um, and if you keep conceding set pieces, you give yourself mountains to the climbing games. And, and we've scored two good goals tonight. In our, um, arguably one of ours is a set play. You know, Lewis Wing strike from a, from a, a free kick. But... Um, we did more than enough tonight to, to win the game, you know, but um, unfortunately you can't defend like that. It's middle of the six-yard box. There's a free header. But we never get that from our corners and, uh, and you know, you're asking for trouble if you let that happen. So um, we'll be working on those without a doubt. Um, and it was a scrappy game, you know. I thought we played really well on Saturday against Morecambe and, and created, especially first half, numerous chances, but nothing really clear-cut. And then today, um, again, nothing clear-cut, but we always looked a threat, you know, and uh, and I think we uh, we saw some uh, some of the tired legs as well, which, uh, which you know, probably we're going to have to change up for Saturday's game against Walsall. But, um, no, I'm proud of the boys, just... Uh, just defending those corners would have been uh, would have been spot on tonight because it was always going to be a scrappy game. Port Vale are fighting to stay in this league. You know they've got promoted last season. They've come. They're big. They're strong. They go long. They go into Harrison, who who won a lot of flicks. You know, and Chris Freeno picked an injury up in the first half, which didn't help things. And um, you know we've got to make sure that um, we learn from this tonight and we uh, we're more adaptable when uh, when these set pieces come in. Was the timing of that Chris Farina injury sort of critical with that first corner as well, the first goal that Port Bell scored yeah, in the first mean, half injury time because he picked up a knock just prior to it? No, he picked the knock up about 15 minutes earlier uh, and I think it's probably a lesson for everyone. You know, if he, It's a brilliant fault if he's tried to soldier on but if, if people aren't fit, you've got to, you've got to get off the pitch you know, and, and let someone else take over. But um, Chris is a phenomenal player. He's going to play at the top two levels without a shadow of a doubt for me. I think he's... Uh, He's an unbelievable prospect, you know, um, this football club has got. Um, but he'll learn again tonight. He's a, he's a great kid. Um, I love him to bits, you know, and we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we, uh, we, you know, we get him fit before he plays again. Uh, I think it's just a whack. I don't think it's anything, the twist or a sprain or anything like that. So I think he'll be short, short turnaround. But, um, no, nah, it was, uh, it was one of those frustrating nights, you know, the, the first corner is, I think there's a, a shot that hits somebody in the chest and they do an overhead kick that, that gets yeah honestly I want to have a look at this and uh, and find out if something's against us it looked like we might have been able to have a penalty as well second half or people are saying it's just outside the box either way the referee didn't give that and uh, and that's another chance to score but um, it's just going that way at the moment but we're not losing games it's really important you know I think that's 
that's the last six we've only lost one which is it was a good record to have and uh, and if we can just turn these draws into wins um, we'll start climbing that table the introduction of introduction of Gareth McCleary made a big difference with 10 minutes to go was there maybe a slight regret of not doing it earlier yeah yeah, yeah definitely you know, I, I probably wish I had thrown him on a little bit earlier but um, you know you always think you, you're going to get in the game and you're going to get something out of the game but um, I didn't see the, the, the set piece and the free header coming and you know, I probably would have, uh, would have introduced him even earlier if I knew that was happening but um, no you, uh, you look at hindsight and uh, everyone's got a great a great degree in that after the game you know I'm sure plenty of people would have uh, would have told me what team to pick and, and what to do after the game, but not many before. Really nice to hear Gareth to be speaking so uh, nicely about uh, Chris Freena as well, who's who's performed. He's really sort of grown into that position, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been he's been a really good lad to get to know here as well because he's um, he's very humble, he's very driven, um, and you know he's just getting better and better on the pitch, isn't he? Um, hopefully, he's okay from that knock on Tuesday because a big player for Wickham in in every sense, um, both up front uh, set pieces and defending set pieces as well but he's really good the game his tackles um, yeah he's really coming coming good and what a wonderful advert for the development squad and I'm sure he'll make this club a bit of money in the future but yeah, it's one to enjoy while he's here at the moment but yeah really good to watch him develop and learn the game and another home game coming up obviously this weekend and as we joked earlier a great opportunity to experience possible magic and romance well, indeed, FA Cup magic and romance. Oh, and, and fever, of course. FA Cup fever, you might catch that. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That could be um, that could be doing the rounds as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Walsall in town, possibly not. Um, it's not, you know, with due respect to Walsall, um, first round draw. It's a winnable game for Wickham, but it's a, it's a team we've played in the league a few times. Uh, for me, the romance or magic would be us going to one of our old non-league foes, uh, maybe, to kind of revisit some of the glory years of the 80s, perhaps. Um, but yeah, I mean, that would have been tricky for Wickham because they would have been the giants in that situation. But it would have been nice to roll the clock back and see some romance and magic. This one has a feel of a kind of a routine lower league game. Um, of course, round two is the prize. Wickham can be in the hat if they can dispatch Walsall. Um, recent memories of Hartlepool, the draw away and then losing at home in the replay in the first round. Not great, but you haven't got to turn the clock back too far for the wonderful game at the old White Hart Lane and Spurs as well at Adams Park during the pandemic era um, and Villa as well, uh, home draw and a replay at Villa Park. So Wickham have tasted those magical moments in recent history. And then, you know, 20 odd years ago, the magical run to the semi final. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? It feels that with Wickham's sort of jittery start to the season, the stop start nature of the results, um, a cup run would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But um, let's see what happens on Saturday. Walsall won't be easy by any stretch of the imagination and hopefully it'll be a really, really good game and then the second round we can get all the romance and magic there if we get there. <laughs> Sorry, Walsall. It does feel a bit as well like, you know, we're going into the game in good form in that, you know, you heard Gareth mention there just one defeat in, in six, which is it was fairly decent when you look at it that way. Yes, indeed, although we've, we've drawn a few and I don't think Gareth will be looking for a draw on Saturday because that would mean the replay and an extra game. Um, but yeah, we're going in good form. Um, I think he will use the opportunity to, to bring some younger legs in as well. And that would be exciting as well. A lot of players, uh, fans saying, wouldn't it be great to see Soleil Kaikai in, in even in the league action as well? And yeah, it's a player that's got a really good pedigree. We haven't really seen the best of him at Wickham Wanderers. Could this game be a catalyst for him to catch the iron and make himself undroppable for a league game? We'll see. I'm really interesting that Brandon Hanlon coming on in, in midweek, just showing another uh, you know, sort of attacking option there too. 
yeah, really good to see Brandon back fit and firing and looking strong again as well. And all those hallmarks that we know that he had before his injury. Uh, he adds to something else uh, for Wickham Wanderers. He's got that pace, that ability to roll a player, get behind, play off the shoulder. Um, it's something that we've been missing a little bit um, of at the start of this season. Um, and he was unlucky not to get on the score sheet on Saturday. Um, so I'm sure he'll feature on Saturday too against Walsall. And if he can get a goal there, then hopefully that can be a start of a run for him. Uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, the magic of the cup. Can't wait. Don't forget you can hear the whole match live on Saturday. Wickham Wanderers against Warsaw in the first round proper of the FA Cup. If you're not going or can't get to Adams Park here on 106.6 FM and on Wanderers TV as well, where you can also catch the full interview with Gareth that you heard a short while ago as well. If you were listening on Tuesday night, you'll know that Keith Ryan was alongside Phil for some uh, post-match analysis. Didn't really, really get going. The, 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 um, the goals, brilliant goal from Mehmeti in the first half. Um, and then uh, an equally good strike from, from Wing in the second half to get our goals, but we could never really add on the on the goals that we got or the leads that we had. So, um, and to be fair to, to Port Vale, they came and they worked really hard. Um, the, the most disappointing thing is, you're right, we conceded from two corners, uh, which I think I think you would say, and I'm sure Gareth would say, is very unlike. Uh, a Gareth Ainsworth side um, so probably have to have a look at that maybe have a look at the videos and see what we can do better in that regard um, but chance for chance I think it's probably the right result I think what was exciting for me was when Wickham changed their approach and maybe Keith it could have been something they could have done a bit earlier I think so yeah yeah I mean you've got some really talented boys on the pitch there um, and in the, in the latter stages of the game, um, I felt we were getting it down, getting it wide, getting good good quality balls in the box. And maybe, maybe if we'd have done that a little bit earlier, uh, things might have been different. But um, can't deny that uh, the second goal, a cracking goal, came from 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 a long ball and a knockdown, a fantastic finish. And um, yeah, and Mehmeti's goal in the first half was cracking. But as you said, you've just summed it up really well, Phil. Um, Port Vale came here with a game plan. They worked their socks off. Um, they've got some good players and we said it in commentary that they've, they've played the, the loan market really, really well um, and it was probably a fair result on, on reflection. FA Cup next to Wickham, is that a nice distraction from the league at this point? I always feel it is, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're in a, if you're in a cracking run of form, then you probably want to play league games, but I think um, with uh, a stuttering start now uh, that, that Wickham have had, it will be nice, it'll be nice to go um, uh, up against, um, you say, Walsall, who are uh, in the league below. Um, yeah, and hopefully um, get a, a, a cracking win, you know, uh, get a, get some, maybe maybe make some changes. You probably t- had to rely really heavily on, on some of these lads, maybe, maybe freshen the side up a little bit, uh, tinker with formation as he did tonight. Um, yeah, and just you, you never know that something might come out of that, but... Um, Always, I feel it's important to get on a run of, of winning games. So regardless, he'll want to go there and, uh, and, and put on a good show and get, get the win. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wickham Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth. Uh, we'll also catch up with Emma Newbury from Wickham Wanderers Women, who was the player of the match in their previous fixture. You'll think that's something we covered, wouldn't you? 
we don't. Uh, first, however, let's look ahead to the visit of Walsall uh, in the first round of the FA Cup, or should I say, look back, as it's a competition which holds many memories. Of course, 2001, that uh, fantastic day out at uh, Villa Park against Liverpool, Keith Ryan scoring that goal. Loads of other uh, memories as well for ex-players and indeed managers and uh, those of us that remember as well. So uh, we've been catching up with JDT, the Vice Chair of Wickham Wanderers Ex-Players Association, to share his thoughts and memories on the competition. Well, yeah, I mean, that was the most phenomenal cup run. And uh, I have to say, Gareth Ainsworth would have to do pretty well for his side to uh, get anywhere near that. I mean, it was it was completely and utterly unexpected, let me just tell you, because, I mean, they started off against Harrow Borough. Uh, that's pretty exotic. And uh, they won that one in uh, November of 2000. And, uh, you know, it looked like, well, just, a, you know, another game. Uh, they went on to play Millwall. Millwall were doing well at that stage, and um, and they absolutely shocked them um, and got some very bad publicity from the Millwall manager who uh, accused Laurie Sanchez's side of doing all sorts of things. But they just carried on. Um, they played Grimsby, and you know it's not exactly exotic, is it? You know, Harrowborough, Millwall, Grimsby, but then suddenly in the fourth round they got Wolves and. I don't know whether you can remember or the listeners can remember, but we had a lot of snow then and uh, the, the snow was cleared off the pitch by supporters, uh, aided, of course, by the great Jim Gardner on his tractor. Um, and that work re- resulted in a 2-1 victory over Wolves. And uh, we thought, wow, this is you know getting great. And then who do we draw in the next round? Wimbledon. They had a certain guy called Ainsworth playing for them. Don't know what happened to him. And um, it was an uh, absolutely amazing two ties. Two all in the home game. And uh, it was two all after extra time and uh, went to penalties. And the penalties just went on, it seemed, till the middle of the night. Alan Parry was doing the commentary for TV, and you can imagine what he was like. Anyway, they won that one on penalties, which was probably one of the most exciting games that I've ever seen uh, Wickham Wanderers play. Um, And then, of course, we came to Leicester City, um, and Wickham didn't have any forwards. And Alan Hutchinson, my dear colleague from the Ex-Players Association, uh, was secretary at that particular time. And um, he said to Laurie Sanchez, well, I'll put a bit on uh, that. This is what it was then, teletext, and say, anybody got any players, strikers, that um, are eligible for the cup? And Laurie kind of was fairly sanguine kind of guy, kind of raised his eyebrows. Anyway, of course, who pops up, but Roy Essendon. And of course, in only the way that the uh, cup can be, uh, Essendon scores this great goal against Leicester City. And suddenly, unbelievably, Wickham Wanderers, little Wickham Wanderers, are in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. And who do they play? Alan Parry, eat your heart out, his team, Liverpool. And uh, that game, of course, at Villa Park, that goes down in the annuals as well. My namesake, Martin Taylor, was actually the Wickham hero that day because he pulled off some magnificent saves. And remember, this was a Liverpool side that were in their pomp. They'd uh, won the European Cup. They were uh, 
um, that they were one of these sides, not of just England or Great Britain, but of Europe. And uh, five minutes from time, up pops Keith Rhino and uh, lobbed the ball into the net, 2-1, all to play for. It wasn't the fairy tale finale, but what an absolutely fantastic run. So that's the kind of uh, run that um, the current team have uh, got to try and surpass. And reaching the third round for the first time in the club's history was very special. We've been fortunate enough to speak to, to some players who've, who've featured on, the, on those ties as well. Well, I, I was very lucky then because um, I'd left the Bucks Free Press and gone north to uh, pursue my journalistic career. And uh, I'd just joined BBC local radio, Radio Cleveland, and I was covering Middlesbrough at the time. And uh, it's, it's quite strange. I uh, went in the day of the draw because I had to write a ghost column for Jack Charlton, who was the Middlesbrough manager. And um, and I said to him, have you heard the draw? And he said, no. Nope. And I said, well, you've got Wickham Wanderers away. Who the are Wickham Wanderers? And I said, well, they're the top side in the Isthmian League. And, oh, well, that's all right then. I said, well, I haven't finished yet. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, um, well, you know the the pitch at Lokes Park, it's called. It slopes 10 feet from side to side. Ah, oh, Taylor, off, he told me. Um, he wouldn't believe me. He would not believe that that was the case. Now, Jack was a very laid-back manager. He left his coaches to coach, and he went off and did his fishing. But he was there, as Brian Clough was, and later on Martin O'Neill. He was a man that was there on the day. I travelled down with the team to Lokes Park, and it was a really strange feeling for me, covering Middlesbrough at the time, but Wickham Wanderers were my boyhood club, the club that I'd played for, the club that I'd reported on, uh, and were in the third round for the very first time. Now, Middlesbrough at that stage were top of the, what is now the Premier League, but the old First Division. They were actually top of that, that division. They've got a, a, a really good team, some great players in it. Uh, Willie Madron, John Hickton, David Mills. Uh, yeah, I, could, I, could, I can name that, that whole team. We pulled up at the ground and um, we got out and Jack Charlton walked in, looked at the pitch, came up and he grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, you weren't in line, were you? And I said, I, I told you, Jack, I told you. <laughs> anyway, of course, they got a hell of a shock because, uh, as we all remember, and as we keep playing every uh, virtually every other dinner, Alan Phillips could have actually won that game for Wickham Wanderers. Terry Reardon, free kick. Alan Phillips, free header on the uh, far post. Well, free header. John Hickton was holding his shirt a bit. But anyway, and Alan put it, I would think, two inches past the post, Jim Platt, nowhere in goal. Anyway, Jack Charlton was most magnanimous. Afterwards, in the dressing room, in front of the TV cameras, he went in and congratulated all the Wickham team, Brian Lee and everybody, and said, uh, well, well done, lads, you did really well. You gave us a hell of a fright, but we're going to give you a real towsing up at Ayrson Park. Well, three days later... Um, Brian Lee, who'd had to ring round various players to ask them, 
could you get time off work to travel up to Middlesbrough? That's, you know, that's the state of play as it was then. Uh, anyway, he cobbled together his, his team. They went up there and I'm, I'm sat up in the gantry doing my radio stuff. And um, it's nil-nil into the last minute of the game. Uh, I mean, Wickham got a, quite a towsing. John Maskell probably played the best game of his life. He made some magnificent saves. And John Hickton, who, who was, became a very good friend of mine, uh, was a star centre forward for, for Borough, um, said to me many years later, God, that goalkeeper, he should have been playing professional football and he certainly should have been an amateur international because the mask was absolutely fantastic. But you know, there again, so, so were Alan Phillips, Keith Mead, uh, all uh, uh, all of the, uh, the, the Wickham players, nil-nil anyway. And then in virtually the last kick of the game, David Armstrong uh, scored what turned out to be the winner. Now, Brian Lee, in typical Brian Lee fashion, said afterwards, and he was quoted as saying, thank goodness they scored in the last minute, because if it had gone to extra time, we would have conceded six, uh, because they were absolutely out on their knees. So, again, another magnificent you know, cup story involving Wickham Wanderers. And there just seem to be so many. You mentioned the, the glamour of Harrow Borough, but it doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to matter whether it's you know a top team from the, the top division or, or lower down. Everyone seems to have their sort of favourite or, or most memorable uh, cup experiences. Well, the thing is that uh, you know because they're drawn in the first, the early rounds, there are some kind of pretty average kind of games, and and I I think it's disappointing that for Walsall, you know the top stand is closed. They're not expecting a big crowd. I mean, FA Cup crowds used to be the top of the season and of course you know in the uh, in Gareth's day um, I mean we had Aston Villa came down here in uh, 2016 for a third round tie and over 9,000 people there 20,000 for the replay which which Wickham lost but of course uh, the big one was uh, Tottenham Hotspur and uh, that was in 2017 and again, Colin, what a, what I mean, what a game that was. I mean, Tottenham with all the star names, um, you know, the Pochettino, the 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 charisma of that that as a man as a manager, um, and we can go there, you know, not underdogs. They weren't even dogs, and uh, they go into injury time and they're three two up, and uh, I mean, I know we lost. 4-3 but that was just a, a you know again a real real thriller and um you know this is what kind of sustains uh, fans of clubs like Wickham that they can draw teams like Tottenham um and Middlesbrough as they were then and and Aston Villa as they were um i mean if you look at the 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 recent games um you know we've got uh Leatherhead, Solihull Moors, Tranmere Rovers, Hartlepool United. Um, you know, the, 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 not the kind of teams you want to pull out of the hat necessarily. But there's always the opportunity, isn't there? And that's what Gareth will be saying to his boys, I'm sure. Look, you know, we're, we're iffy in the league at the moment, as you would be without Gape, without Scoen, without Thompson, without Tafazoli. That's not really a surprise, is it? But 
you know, we've got uh, a chance here to go into the hat and, um, you know, who knows, who knows where that will end. And you mentioned Rhino's historic goal against Liverpool. Great to hear him on uh, co-commentary with Phil uh, this Tuesday against Port Vale. And he was also at the game recently with, with Martin Edel and Keith Scott as well. Great to see them all together. It absolutely was. Um, I mean, the, the the boys of the 90s hold a special place in my heart because uh, uh, I'd come back to the area by then and uh, was able to do some videos for the club and work behind the scenes. And uh, in... Uh, 1991, when uh, Wickham got to the FA Trophy final, which was the first visit to uh, Wembley since 1957, the Amateur Cup final, uh, we went on the coach, uh, Alan Hutchinson, myself, Alan Parry, and uh, I did a video, a behind-the-scenes day, like it used to be in the FA Cup when the Cup final started on TV at 10 o'clock in the morning, and uh, they were visiting the the players in their hotel and then in the uh, helicopter I'll tell you that story in a second uh coming to to Wembley and and all of that stuff well we did exactly that with Wickham Martin O'Neill's first got a big run uh with the Wickham Wanderers but then you got the people like Rhino and Scotty and Mark West uh Paul Hyde in gold uh, so many so many, you know, smashing players and players who are still attached to us with the Ex-Players Association. Um, and uh, as you say, absolutely great, great to see. And I must make a plug here because you talk about Martin O'Neill um, and I'll give you a little exclusive, Colin. Uh, I spoke to Martin last night and Martin is coming to our dinner on November the 18th. Um, Martin has actually got a book out um, and he's going around the country. He started off at the exotic resort of Oswestry um, and he's traveling to all all parts of the globe, uh, uh, putting up his book. But he's going to come to the dinner and we're going to give away some of his books, which he's going to autograph there on the spot to the individuals. Um, And uh, that will be fantastic. And we will talk to Martin about uh, cup runs um, and also um, some of those players you've just talked about there who um, have been involved in some of those uh, involving Wickham Wanderers over the years. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Colin. Online, on Radio Player and on 106.6 FM, this is Wickham Sound. Still to come on this week's edition of the Wicked Wanderer Show, we'll hear from manager Gareth Ainsworth looking at his FA Cup memories and what the competition means to him, uh, finding out what's the latest uh, in terms of uh, the preparations as well ahead of the visit of Walsall on Saturday in the first round proper of that historic competition. But first, uh, as often on this programme, we like to feature the chair girls and uh, they uh, unfortunately went out at the Women's FA Cup uh, quite recently as well and uh, have been struggling in the, se- in the league so far, bottom of the table currently, but uh, it really is a season for transition. Emma Newbury is someone who's been at the club since 2015, uh, one of the longest serving players, seen a lot of changes as well. But uh, with the new manager coming in and uh, his new uh, ways of working and their new ground as well at Burnham, uh, it's an exciting time to be involved. We've had uh, a fair few managers in my time. Um, and we've got Carl in now and Dan, and he brought along with him Jamie. We've got Christian. We've got a whole new set of uh, coaches and managers, actually. So, yeah. Big transition, uh, lots of new players, which is obviously good as well. 
to bring fresh players into the club. So, yeah, exciting times. And has that meant a bit of a change in your uh, role or position as well? Yeah, because I've had to sort of uh, prove my place again. (laughs) With previous managers, obviously, they've got to know me and I've got to know them and they know sort of my abilities. But I was kind of starting from scratch all over again, which was a strange experience. And competition for places as well with new players. You know, we're still getting new players to train in sort of every other week. So it's it's really good. Um, But yeah, the competition is high. And it's been strange as well, because obviously you've had different uh, league positions in the different seasons. Um, obviously, the, the pandemic as well upset the, the seasons as well. But you know, one season it seems to be doing really well in the league, and now you know a bit lower down, of course, and within this sort of season of transition, really. Yeah, so with COVID, unfortunately, it put us out for a good couple of seasons. Like we started the season, and then it was um, null and void because of COVID impacting it. And a couple of seasons ago, we were actually in one of the finals for the cup, and we never got to play it because of COVID. So uh, we were on track for sort of being third in the league as well. So doing really well. So that kind of has put us back a little bit. But good news, obviously, with COVID, a bit more under control. We've had really great training sessions um, training more often for longer as well which has been helpful at our new ground and yeah the only unfortunate thing is our results at the moment uh, for the first team but uh, I'm sure we'll get on to that in a minute <laughs> Yeah definitely I mean overall it seems like such an exciting time for women's football you know generally with the success of the Lionesses but obviously locally as well as you say you've, you moved to your new home of Burnham you've got a new coaching team in and uh, a number of new faces in the squad as well yeah, definitely. It's been it's been a big transition, and I think half of the reason of why we sort of haven't taken all the points uh, up for grabs is the transition of getting to know how we all play and the the manager knowing who the uh, starting eleven should be or what formation works best. So it's it's just really been a learning experience. So although on paper we are uh, are not doing as well as previous seasons, it's in my opinion the best it's been for a very long time. So I think it's just going to be a settling in period and then I'm feeling positive about the rest of the season. So what's the integration of the group been like? Because I know in in previous seasons you've prided yourself on, you know, being like a family really and so close. But I guess that must be tricky if if, uh, new faces are coming in. Yeah, do you know what? I'd say it's still the case because um, what's been really lovely about this season uh, with Carl on board is that he's got us training and playing at the same venue, which is the first time we've ever had that. Uh, at Wicker Wanderers so previously we've all sort of played at different pitches and our training sessions have been on the same night but very separate and there's great sort of transition between teams so there's elements of when the reserves will come join in with the first team football or we'll mix up and we'll have a sort of in-house friendly so although it is obviously we've got new people um, we're getting to know everyone at training because we have Tuesdays and Thursdays two hours uh, each session so four hours of the week we are together and we like to do a lot of social stuff as well getting down to Wick and Wondrous games and things like that so yeah although we're all new we are bonding really well which is good and something else which really stands out obviously is playing at Adams Park this season for the first time that was in the FA Cup of course that must have been so special to be you know involved and something for the club as well Yeah, I mean, going down in history, first competitive game for the club, which is amazing. We've been lucky enough to play there a few times, but just not sort of in-season and competitive match. So to have our first FA Cup game there and our first win 
was really, really good. Unfortunately, we did lose the next round of the FA Cup to Aylesford and we did have to exit the FA Cup. But um, we're hoping for more games at Adams Park soon, which will be good. You talked about the recent results, a bit disappointing, I guess. But how would you assess how the season's gone so far? Because it's still fairly early, of course. Yeah, it's fairly early and um, the only disappointing thing about our league this season is it's quite small. So actually, we all got together last night at training. We watched our VO footage from the previous Sunday and we've actually only got 10 league games left of the season, (laughs) which is ridiculous, only being early November. So 10 league games left. Unfortunately, we're out of the FA Cup, so there's no sort of cup games for us. But we've just got to take our chances now that we have. And now that we've played a few teams away or at home on our next, obviously, because we'll visit them again or they'll come to us, we sort of know what to expect a bit more. Like, Carl hasn't met half of the teams before and we've got some new teams in the league so just trying to assess every season you get different players in every team so you think you know who you're about to go and compete against and you get there and it's a complete different team so I think it's a settling in period 10 games to go hopefully we can get more points than what we did last season which was I believe we only got about nine points last season. Does that sort of surprise you in a way that the kind of the different levels of the teams that you face because as you say you think you've got the kind of measure of them but then then they sort of produce something a bit different? Yeah I mean we have a lot of analysis within our training sessions so what's been really great about Carl and Dan coming in is that they're really keen on analysing games so we all where the sort of fitness trackers, the GPS, so we can see how many minutes we've played, you know, what area of the pitch we've covered and things like that and our performance. But as well as us wearing them, he films the game. So we, we analyse the games at a training session um, and we talk about it and then we build on it from there. So unfortunately, our results have come from just key mistakes and we let them back in the game. We haven't actually been the worst team at all. In fact, on Sunday, we went 1-0 up and unfortunately then gave away a free kick or penalty rather in the box and uh, they scored from it and it was sort of we let them back in the game and that keeps happening we keep giving them opportunities but no one seems to give us those opportunities (laughs) so yeah it, it has been tricky and all that Carl keeps saying at training is that we've got to repeat things work on it so we know what to expect And it might come across as a little bit boring, but if we can be predictable as players, we know exactly what we're going to do. And that's the issue. Sometimes we're not knowing what our next move is, and then we give it away. And I guess as well, coming up this weekend, you've got Ascot, who, of course, are the the league leaders, so that'll be a real test as well. Yeah, so top of the table and bottom of the table clash. I think the pressure's on them, obviously, because they're top of the table. Um, Points up for grabs for both teams. Previously, we played them. It's been a tough game. But as I said teams change so much we've changed so much in terms of our managers and our players so who knows but yeah we're looking forward to it it's also on our favorite style of pitch or for 4g which suits our our way of playing so we're looking forward to it hopefully get three points and as you say there seems to be such a real feeling of positivity and and so many pluses to kind of take from this group going forward Yeah, I mean, we're really positive, Um, although we've obviously had a few games where it hasn't gone our way. We stick together as a team, which is a really nice thing, which I've alluded to before, the real sort of like family feel. We pick each other up and we go again. Training, we work so hard. Our managers put on great sessions for us 
and that's all we can do is keep training and keep trying to get better. Great chatting to Emma Newbury from Wickham Wanderers Women. Uh, we wish the Chen girls all the best on Sunday uh, against Ascot, who are currently top of the table, so a real top v bottom clash. Uh, hopefully Wickham Wanderers Women can uh, climb up the table in the remaining league fixtures. Uh, as I say, we'll be featuring more of them uh, throughout the coming weeks on this programme as well. But first, our regular chat with uh, manager Gareth Ainsworth, who uh, looks ahead to the visit of Warsaw, and uh, first reflecting on those two games against Morecambe and uh, Port Vale, of course, Adams Park. Uh, one defeat in the last six, but uh, frustration that um, you know some of those uh, games, especially the last two, could have been victories. That's the frustration, you know. I think we edged it on performances, but um, obviously you've got to defend your set pieces. And our last four goals have been set pieces conceded, and, and we've got to make sure we're better at that. You know, we need to address, address this now because because uh, it's costing us. You know, it's costing us four or five points there, which which probably puts us. Within a point of the playoffs or something like that, ridiculous. You know, after the slow start we've had and everyone being a bit worried, <laughs> it's uh, it's a crazy game, isn't it? But um, yeah, one defeat in the last six is is very is very much the form uh, we want. But a couple of those draws turning into wins would be uh, would be the ideal form, and and that's what we need to do. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a, a sort of rest from the league this weekend with the FA Cup coming up. But Walsall will be big, and and I, I don't want to you know I don't want to lose a game to lower opposition. Um, in the league, we've done that and that hurts, you know, you, you, you've got to make sure that you're very competitive and Mike Flynn and his team really set up well, the big side, very big side again, which worries me at set pieces, but um, we've got to play what we believe is the right way and uh, and and try and get the ball, you know, in, into some dangerous areas because uh, when we do that, we're looking very dangerous and some of the goals we've scored lately have been brilliant. Are the defensive issues something that's quite easy to, to sort of fix, if you like? Yeah, there's a mentality issue as, as well as a, as a personal issue, but we'll, uh, we'll be on it. Colin, yeah, we, we, we need to make sure that we are, we're solid. You know, teams will come here and now. And honestly, it's brilliant. It's a massive compliment. They'll they'll play they'll play position football and territory football where they'll get set pieces. We used to do this. We used to do this against teams. We used to we used to play the ball into positions where we'd get throw-ins and get corners and and we'd be that team that would score from them. Um I remember five years ago people were saying we haven't scored from open play for 600 minutes or something you know we seem to be scoring from open play regular now and that's that's a sign of a good team but we've got to now now the other side which is the nasty horrible side sometimes that teams will come and, and try and play against us and uh, and I've got to I've got to be on that we've got to be able to do both sides the best teams do both sides and uh, and that's one thing that we have to do and the attacking element must be something that does please you because as you say you've scored some, some great goals of late and and also coming from different areas of the field as well yeah, we work hard on the attacking. We've probably overworked on the attacking now, and uh, and we need to maybe work on that being a bit more solid because we're going to score goals. We always do, um, but we're conceding too many, and especially from dead ball situations where I want to make sure that um, the boys are in the mindset of, of "thou shall not pass," you know, and uh, and that's what we'll be working on the next couple of days before a team that will come and, and really put it on us. And as you say, the cup on Saturday, a game which I guess you go into as favourites. Yeah, uh, you know, and we got we go into many games as favourites now. Again, showing where this club has come from, I can't remember being a favourite in a game for the first five years of management. You know, but um, it's uh, it's a real it's a real sort of coup that we we are now a team that's recognised. And uh, and like I always say, you know, one thing that we'll always be remembered for is as we put ourselves on the map. Definitely, we can wonder is, is now this team that people know they know their name, they respect, and being favourites is is rightly so on on, the, on Saturday. We're league above. We have some great players in our team with a, a, a great future ahead for this club. And uh, and Walsall is a team I played for on loan once back in the Championship. They've got a good history. Um, 
they have high expectations from their players and, uh, and Mike Flynn's a good manager. So we're, we're, we're going to be up against it. It's not a foregone conclusion by any, any stretch of the imagination. They will fancy themselves. They will fancy an upset in the FA Cup. I want to get to round three. I know how much that means to these fans and these players even, you know, but I want to make sure we're in round three uh, come January and getting uh, getting some decent sides and decent draws. There is something really special about the cup, isn't there? As obviously for fans, but also as as players and, and yourself as manager and your own sort of playing time as well. There's something really special about yeah, being involved and hopefully, as you say, working your way through the different rounds. It's the FA Cup. Well, you know, it's, it's 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 historically massive. You know, uh, you know, I'm trying to tell Kane, my my son, about it. You know, and how much of an important game it is. I hate it where they they put the FA Cup on a Tuesday night, the final, or or a, or a Sunday evening now. I want it. I want it that big day in May where everyone sits down and watches the FA Cup. It's the only football on TV, you know, and and, and the build up to it, that week build up and everything like that, and the, the FA Cup songs and everything, it's gone, you know, and, and it really, it really upsets me that sometimes because uh, it, it, you know, it made it made it so special, um, and to me, it always will be special. You know, I was a big Blackburn Rose fan, and I know they, they won it a lot of times back in the early 1900s, and, and I was so proud of that, you know, and, and yeah, we've won the FA Cup more times than you, and now I, I don't think it's recognised half as much as, as any other trophy, and there's probably the Premier League and the and the, and the the league titles and the Champions League that are all well above it, but um, back in the day, the FA Cup was everything, and uh, and I'm, I, I still feel like that, you know, and, and call me a, a dinosaur of the Cup, but um, I'd rather be that way, and uh, and and keep the magic about this FA Cup, and I'm lucky enough to go. I'll be going Bracknell on Monday night to watch Bracknell Ipswich, which is fantastic. I managed to get a ticket, which is extraordinary. But um, you know, I live ten minutes away from there, and and I and I want to see that. I want to see that that the faces on on the people from Bracknell when Ipswich come to town, and and that's what it's about. And so I'm not going to ever belittle this 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 cup. You know, there'll be no there'll be no league debuts or cup debuts. That I mean, you know. If, if there is, there'll be a player who's ready to come in. It's not going to be, let's try some of these youngsters. Teams can do that and fair play. You know, Pep does it last night and it works for him, doesn't he? You know, great, great goal from Lewis. But um, it's uh, it's got it's got to be special for us and, and special for the Wickham people. And 2001 will live strong in the memories of uh, of Wickham Wanderers, won't it? Semi-final, you know. Um I'll try my best, but I'm not sure I can hit those highs again. But we'll, we'll give it all. On. We'll give it all on Saturday, definitely. And do you say to your players because I think the cup, especially, obviously, um, unfortunately, Ronnie Radford um, died this week. But there are so many sort of occasions, aren't there, that people remember about sort of cup goals or, or, or things that happened in the cup, and that could be one of your players. Yeah, that, that Hereford goal, Radford. I mean, you know, just just go down in history, go down in history forever. You know, and, and uh, people don't remember that, that. You know, that 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 was one of the biggest shocks of all time and, and Sutton United, I remember beating Coventry, I think was it, you know, and all these, all these moments that, um, that, that have come up, you know, I, I think that if I can instill a little bit of the magic of the cup into my players in the next couple of days, then not only have I won as a football manager, but I've won as a person as well, because that, that, that cup is magic. And uh, like I say, I really, Really proud of uh, of the history we've got, the oldest cup competition in the world. Great to hear from Gareth. Uh, if you are going to Adams Park on Saturday, I hope you enjoy uh, the romance, the magic and uh, FA Cup fever as well. Everything that comes with that tie uh, with the visit of Walsall. If you can't get to the game, don't forget there's live commentary with Phil and uh, he'll have Brian Jeeves alongside him as well on 106.6 FM. And also, as mentioned, on Wanderers TV as well. If that's if you can't get to the game. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show this week. Back next week, uh, getting ever closer to the uh, 
uh, Wickham Wanderers Ex-Player Association dinner as well, which is uh, coming up on the 18th of November. Get your tickets for that. As heard, uh, Martin O'Neill will be there and uh, he's got his autobiography coming out this month too and you'll be able to get a copy of that signed on the night as well. So uh, set to be pretty fantastic. Uh, if you uh, aren't available uh, for a 7 o'clock showing of this uh, programme, don't forget there's a podcast version of it wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, you can listen at your leisure. It's also on the Wickham Sound Radio Player page on YouTube, apparently popular there too, and the last four episodes are on the Listen Again feature of the website, wickhamsound.org.uk. That's wickhamsound.org.uk. Have a great week. Up the week. Thank you.